an impression again we get old with what you put into it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go out and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? sympathy in this game for anybody. You're welcome to a very special episode of Treaty Talk today. It is a Munster final preview. As usual, I have my sidekick, Matt O'Callaghan, with me, and a very special guest today in Kieran Carey. You would have seen Kieran there in his heyday, 96, in a Munster semi-final with that score against Clare. Matt, I suppose it's one thing you've harped on enough about that score and Clare. It's something that makes this Munster Championship special. And, and in the, in the build-up to... I'm once fine with with fans. How are you feeling, Matt? I should look. I, I, I'm I'm feeling very excited. I always feel excited the week of a monster final. I suppose irrespective of who's who's in it, but it's it's a it's extra special now that we've got into the habit of Limerick being in it, um, and and we're seeking it third in a row. Although I'm I'm sure that um, that's the last thing that that um, Kylie and his his camp will want to be be talking about this week, but. All Munster Championship games have, have been are special, and particularly the Munster final. It's really the red letter day in Munster GA. It's the blue ribbon competition of 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 of, of Munster GA, and um, you know uh, Limerick and Tipperary. You couldn't ask for better um, down on the banks of the Lee on, on Sunday. Yeah, and Kieran, you're obviously a man that's, that's been there and done that. What is the feeling for you like going into into Sunday? Yeah, I, I suppose they're slightly different because, you know, they're only allowing the supporters to kind of to go back to it now because all of that plays a huge part in in Munster final days. You know, people are getting organised, they're getting tickets. Uh, traditionally, Tipperary, I suppose, would be making sandwiches that morning and a few flasks of tea. So they'd be coming up and, they'd be coming up in their droves as well. Yeah, so I, I'd be telling a lie if I said it's similar to the old Munster finals. It's slightly different because the circumstances are different. And, you know, there are, I think, I, I don't know, there's a 10 or 11,000 they're allowing into it. And, and I suppose whether there's one in there or 61,000 in there, you know, bottom line is both teams are going in uh, to be provincial champions. And from that side of the view, from that point of the view, I'd imagine the player's focus is on nothing, only that going out and uh, delivering a performance and please God getting their first, second, third or Munster Championship medal. Yeah, I suppose it's. I think it's seven thousand is the official figure. But I suppose when you're going from playing from nothing to seven thousand, sorry, on that very point that Kieran made, there he's absolutely right. Even though there's there's there there are attendances allowed back, you know, there there's going to be an awful lot of the occasion missing, in in you know the banter with the crowds, you know, traveling down and stopping in the hostelries and on the way up and the way down, but. Dare I mention a sacrilege at this at this point? Um, we, we had we had the announcement this morning that the Connacht Senior Football Final was being played in Croke Park to accommodate a bigger attendance of eighteen thousand. 
Um, was there an argument for transferring the Munster Senior Hurling final out of the province for once off to allow more people to get in to the Munster final? It probably would still dilute the atmosphere because like the, the atmosphere in the Munster final, it's unique. It's unique in, in, in that you have you have a sense of fairness and the crowd and the banter and and good natured banter for, for, for the most part. Um you know, all right, seven thousand although 2,400 in Torless, the semi-final with Cork, they made a hell of a lot of noise. Yeah, I was in the Gaelic Grounds last yeah. year, and there was 3,500 for the football, and it made a huge difference. So 7,000, going from 7,000 to nothing will make that big difference. But I suppose, Kieran, for you, like, what are your memories of the Munster final? You've obviously played in a good few of them. Yeah, as Matt said, I suppose back then, I suppose three quarters of my career, I suppose, really was knockout hurling, and I suppose the emphasis on the league would have been massive, and the Munster Championship would have been your All-Ireland at the time, so, you know, you really had to kind of gear up for it, was the be-all, the be-all and end-all of competitions, because if you had any aspirations of continuing and playing in the All-Ireland series, you had to come out and win a Munster Championship to be part of that. So, you know, it was extra pressure, because every game was a a final you had to win to stay in the championship. But yeah, as Matt said, you know, they're unique. They, they're, they're, they're uniquely different to the other provincial finals. Uh, in Leinster, I suppose, traditionally, Kilkenny are always there, thereabouts. And I suppose they would have been uh, sparring with Wexford for a good number of years. And then you, you turn Galway into the mix. So every second or third year, you might have Galway Wexford in it. But in Munster, slightly different. You were, Cork were always strong. Tip were always strong. Clare were coming. And back then, Limerick and every three or four years were strong. So it was a provincial championship that, uh, and I left out Waterford also. It was a provincial championship that uh, was extremely strong and very, very hard to win. But I've, obviously, I've, I've uh, great memories, beautiful memories, and, uh, you know, of the game and of, of, of particular teams that we played. Uh, in finals. Yeah, and you talk about how, how difficult it is to win a Munster Championship. Limerick have a chance here to do three in a row and obviously you're a great team in, in the mid-90s, got two finals in three years, but what separates this Limerick team from ones you've seen in the past? Yeah, I, I suppose if, I, don't think, I don't think it's right to compare, I know, because it's different times, different eras, uh, different types of training, different rules, different squads, different management. Uh, but I suppose the one that jumps out at me here with this squad, as Matt kind of said, you know, you know, I, I saw something brewing a few years ago with this squad. And, like, I suppose to keep it in layman terms, you need to strike while the iron is hot. Because definitely within the last four years, uh, the gap isn't as wide as it was. And, and, and what I mean by that is, even if you look at the strength and conditioning, of the other teams, like Limerick and Fairness three to four years ago, you know, were blowing teams off the park physically, power and strength. And even in the last three or four years, Waterford have improved in that area, Tipperary have improved, Cork have improved, Clare hugely have improved. So I'd imagine a lot of these management teams just had a look at the strength and condition, had a look at the power of Limerick, I suppose before Limerick was the power of Kilkenny. So that particular area, the gap is widened. So if you want to have any chance with Limerick, you know, you need a few things going your way. You need to match them for power. 
strength and pace. So that gap is definitely not as wide as it was. But I still think, uh, I still think this Limerick team actually playing under par, going at fifty percent, seem to have still enough to beat teams, bar one or two. Yeah, Kieran makes an interesting point there with physicality, Matt. I suppose Limerick are that bit ahead in physicality, but Tipperary probably won't won't buy into that. They're probably not as physically strong as Limerick, but they always had like wristy hurlers, that sort of a way. It's an interesting matchup between two teams, Matt. Yeah, it, it, interesting. And historically there, and uh, Kieran is right on what he says about the, the, the dramatic change and the difficulty and... Um, it's not an exact science to be comparing teams from different eras, but um, there was a tradition in the past where the physicality mainly came from Tipperary in the past, um, because I can go back as far as Hell's Kitchen and, and 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 all that sort of stuff, you know. But Tipperary traditionally had a physical one. But you're right, Jack. They are they, they are um, they, they are more skilled men now. And, and if you if you look at this this present Tipperary team, that there, there are. There are some really, really very skillful hurlers on the side, and we, we were just talking off air and um, about three or four of them. That you know, God, if 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 they really hit it all on the one day, like that, Tipperary would be very, very difficult to beat. Um, they, 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 they have serious, they have serious talent, but sometimes it doesn't just all come together for them. Um, possibly it came together in 2019, particularly in in the in the All Ireland final. But like it's hypothetical now. But um, were they to have faced Limerick rather than Kilkenny, um, it, it it would be very interesting to see what the outcome would have been. But um, you're right; they have they, they have serious they have serious stickmen. No, no question at all about that. Yeah, and um, but like yeah. on his point there, here on is are Tipperary the team that are best suited to take on Limerick just because they don't have to go with the same way that everyone is going now. A real physicality route. No, is, is my answer. And I suppose I am watching Tipperary closely for the last number of years. And as Matt pointed out in 19, I, I, I suppose, you know, there was a lot of factors around that. And, you know, and I'd imagine, you know, if you do get to find with that particular Tipperary team and, and, you know, they are carrying a few who have been around a while. And I suppose they probably saw it as, as one last opportunity. And they gave it everything on that particular day to win. I, and I don't want to sound confident here. I, I'm not convinced yet that I've seen enough in Tipperary that are capable of derailing this particular Limerick squad. And I suppose the only little chance you might give them is, I, I suppose, our form during the league and our form probably against Cork, I suppose, isn't as fluent and isn't as consistent as it has been for the last number of years. And I suppose Tipperary will take a small bit of confidence out of that. But even having said that, you know, Matt is right. They have a few good forwards. They have a few great players. But, you know, counteract that, like, just look at our defence. Look at Burns, the last there. Look at Kyle Hayes, the last there. Look at Finn, the last there. I think we still have plenty uh, in defence that is capable of whatever Tipperary bring to the Munster final Sunday in kind of, you know, doing a job and uh, going out, doing a bit of babysitting, do your job for 30 minutes and, uh, or sorry, for the full hour. I just think we've too much for them still. And, 
yeah, and, and as I said, I I want to sound too confident. You know, Cork are a different ball game. Like, if Cork five or six best players come to the party, you know, they're going to be good and they're dangerous. I can't pick five or six Tipperary players that are as, that are as consistent as Cork senior hurlers. So, I just can't. As I said, I don't want to sound too confident. And I'm watching Limerick. I'm watching the toast and we're after giving Tipperary for the last two or three years. You know, and rightly so. You know, once it's your time, it's your time. And if you're showing weakness and you see blood, you need to go for that. And this particular Limerick squad, they're ruthless when it comes to that. So I, I hope that they're going out Sunday with the same frame of mind, that basically it's the same Tipperary team that they've kind of looked after for the last two or three years. It isn't that they're after cooking five or six players out of the squad. So I, I'm hoping it's business as usual. I'm hoping to see Limerick probably up with another notch, uh, meaning that, you know, the title of the game, what's at stake for the game, and as we rightly pointed out, a Munster final. So, you know, Sunday's performance really is probably going to set out the start of their All-Ireland series. And that's what I'm hoping to see Sunday. Yeah, and Matt, Kieran touched there on that Munster semi-final performance. And I suppose it's it's the biggest indicator this Limerick team we have. I know they played five league games, but championship is where it's cut and dry. What did you make of that performance from Limerick? They probably weren't near their best and still had eight points to spare over Cork. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, I thought they were far from from their best. And um, like they're coming off an indifferent league campaign. But um, I, I think we've discussed this past in, in the past in Treaty Talk, Jack, that that um, during the course of the league, um, I'm of the opinion that, you, you, you see, it's, it's a totally different structure this year in that the league runs straight into the championship. And I, I honestly think that that uh, the Liverpool were quite happy this year to gear everything up. Um, uh, you had a situation, and, and it was cut and dry and clear cut. Win four games and you win the All-Ireland. Now, probably easier said than done. But your map your map was, was, was laid out for you. And I had a sense all the time um, that 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 Limerick were going to gear themselves to peak once and peak at the right time, and uh, despite it being a below a below par performance against Cork, but a below par performance by Limerick standards um, against Cork, it was it was it was um, it was measurably a measurable improvement on their performances in general in the league. Now, um, like, we were of the opinion that we weren't reading too much into the, the, the Cork-Limerick league game. As it transpired, and it might have only been a fluke, but it probably was a, a closer barometer to where the teams were at than, than, than we thought at the time, even though Cork were shot on the day. But I think Kieran touched on, 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 a, on a very important point there in relation to Tipperary. And 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 it is this um, when he was saying like that they have it, it isn't as if they have discovered five or six um, new players or pulled them out of a hat or anything like that. That is absolutely correct. That is nailing it. Like we we see the Patrick Mahas, we see the Brendan Mahas, we we see them, the Noel McGraths, the Seamus Callanans, um, and what they have done and the leadership they have provided. But there are no new leaders appearing. This is what I fear for, for Tipperary. And you must remember that Tipperary have had a very, very successful run at underage. 
Ported Minor. They've won back-to-back -back All Ireland under 20s. Where is the talent coming through? Where are the people great gate crashing in, into the squad? It's not happening. They have tried. They've tried quite a few of them, and and they haven't made it. They've got to go back to the old reliables and what I would call the middle tier. Like they they're certainly not stepping up to the plate or anything near to the level that the, the four I mentioned there and the leadership that they have provided over the years. And I I, I you know I. I think Kieran's analysis in that regard is absolutely spot on. Yeah, I'll just stay with you, Matt. Just touched on Tipperary there. Um, we're, Limerick were below par in their semi-final. Tipperary weren't really at the base of the game either. And did all the talking points about the ref kind of paper over the cracks that Tipperary only fell over the line against Clare? It did. It did because at the end of the day, uh, <clears throat> at the end of the day, there was only four points in it. Um it, uh, you know, you, we can talk ad nauseum about it, but um, you know the the, the penalty, the game, the game swung on the penalty that was given, and even I suppose it was a more, you know, it was even a stranger decision, the penalty that wasn't given to Claire. So it was tight. It was a very, very fine margin, Jack. You know, and that uh, talk about fine margins, but. Um, uh, Tip Tipperary, they, 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 to a certain degree, they stumbled over the line, and 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 um, you had McCarthy off the field for ten minutes, a very very good player. They scored two four while he was off, you know. And um, uh, John Kiley spoke about it last night in his press briefing about um, how impressed he was that when um, the window of opportunity presented itself with. Uh, it cleared down to 14 players and the penalty and what have you, that they ruthlessly went for it and scored 2-4 in that 10 minutes. And that's where it all, you know, and like, it wasn't the most spectacular of goals that Seamus Callanan got. You know, there was a certain amount of luck thrown uh, along the way. I, I think um, they, 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 they certainly stumbled over the line and they did more stumbling up to the line than Limerick did in their semi-final anyway. Yeah, Kieran, did you see anything from that game with Clare to suggest that Tipperary can pose Limerick a threat? I know you said you're confident Limerick, but there's surely something that's to go from a tip point of view. Yeah, and I, and I suppose going back to what Matt was saying, and he's right, because I think Limerick, to be fair, you know, the whole structure of the league, you know, they're timing it pretty good, and they, they appear to be similar at the right time. But, uh, yeah, I suppose I'd be slightly, probably a lot more worried if it was Clare, we were playing Sunday than Tipperary, for my honest opinion. Because Clare appeared to be kind of getting it right this year. And, you know, it, I suppose it's a mixture of old school and, and the modern game. And, you know, Brian, Brian Lohan, and I suppose of all the years, he was under an awful lot of pressure going in there in relation to outside activities that he's no control about. And, uh, you know, so I was very impressed with Clare. I have to say, they're as good as I've seen them the last number of years. And I thought they were doing everything right. Yeah, and... It, it's pretty pretty obvious that decision was a total game changer because it changed the whole pattern of the game. Yeah, and I suppose like any good inter-county team, you know, if you've 10 minutes there with 14 players, you have to save half when the sun shines. And they did, you know, they have good risky players. Jake Morris as well, you can throw in there for good measure. Uh, yeah, but on, on the other side of that, you know, Matt said all the players he named, I could name another four or five. And, and I suppose if Tipperary are really hurt, and I'd, ima I'd imagine there should be some bit hurt because of the trouncing that we gave them on a few occasions. I suppose that, 
combination with a bit of Liam Sheedy factor. I don't even know if it's still good enough, being honest with you. And as I said, I don't want to be arrogant and, and sound confident. But, you know, our, our squad, they're very mature. They're, they're very composed. Uh, even their semi-final display, okay, even up front, you know, we were probably under par. But, you know, we, we have skill and ability all over the field that's capable of lifting it. Uh, Kyle Hayes, for example. Take Kyle Hayes now at this particular moment in time. He's the one player, actually, who put any number on his back and you'll be confident he's going to open do a job. And that'll tell you where his hurling is after developing in the last two years, even. He just doesn't care, really, where he's playing, who he's up against or who he's marking because he's actually, obviously, which is the right thing to do. He's humming in on his own ability, his own confidence in his own ability and in, in his own hurling. And I, and I suppose the biggest one of all, he's serious gears, you know, so he's only one. But I could mention five or six, you know, but I suppose but from John Kiley in the management point of view is it's just another game, professional performance, just land, put in your shift and see what the scoreboard says. And I'd imagine it's possibly going to be something like that because uh, they're plenty good enough to do it, James. Yeah, and Dave, we've gone to the crystal ball myself and Matt a good few times during the year just on team selection. Uh, we've got it practically wrong. So for you, Kieran, do you see anything different with John Kylie only go to 15 that started against Cork? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're trying to all rabbit out the hat. And what I mean by that is, right, I suppose what I mean by that is, yeah, and, and yeah, I take the point that the whole structure is different. And the league is different, okay? But, you know, the same personnel that's on that squad of 35 or 40, they've all the same work done. They've all equally the same effort done. So if you have three or four coming to the party, there's no reason why 10 or 11 can come to the party with all the same work that's done. So I suppose up front uh, probably could do with a tweaking, number one. But I suppose number, number two, is he fully confident yet? with the players that he has tried in the league and the player that he has tried in the championship. Like, the only player, really, in my opinion, that I'd be totally confident with, and I don't think he can play, is Carl O'Neill. After that, I'd have to be really inside and training just to see who's ahead of who, because I haven't seen it in the league and I haven't seen it in Cork with the subs coming on. You know, there's no one standing up and saying, right, I'm going to have this jersey for the Munster final, or if I'm not going to have the jersey... I'm going to be fairly up close in the pecking order. I haven't seen that yet up front. Matt, yourself, do you think he'll go to try and trust it again? Um, I think he will. I think he'll go very, very close to the Cork game. I, I think he may look at the full back line again. Um, like, you know, um, he, he, you know, when he looked to his bench last, um, uh, last Sunday week or last Saturday week against Cork, like he he could afford the luxury of bringing on a current all star into the full back line and 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 um, a twenty eighteen all star into the full forward line gives you an idea of the type of options he has. Um, like did Dan Morrissey do enough in his cameo appearance to reclaim his position? I think there will be a lot of head scratching. Um, look, when you're talking about the full back line, it's two places from three. I think because Sean Finn is an immovable object. Um, untouchable at right fullback or in the fullback line. And I, I think it's two from three between Richie English, Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash. 
and whichever one of the three are, go are going to lose out are going to be very, very unlucky. And then you could say up front that it's a straight shootout for the for the 15 jersey between um, Peter Casey and, and Graham Mulcahy. Um, I thought Peter Casey had a very, very good game in, 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 in the semi-final and I think would be very, very difficult to dislodge. But Kieran spoke there about Kieran Carey. Kieran, ah, sorry, about Kyle, sorry, Kieran, about <laughs> Kyle Hayes. Um, Kyle Hayes, like the options that Kyle Hayes gives you, and one of those options is to move him to centre forward. You, you know, and um, that, that, and you've already made replacement in Barry Nash if, if you wanted to tweak the full back line and move Keane Lynch to midfield. So, like, you know, it, it's an option. Um, whether he'll go for it or not, I, 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 I don't know. I honestly think it'll be more of the same, more or less. And you, you mentioned there Sean Finn, who is a guaranteed starter, and you had also previously mentioned Tipperary's forward line. Who would you have Sean Finn mark, or would you let whoever comes into him and let him stick with him? Would yeah, I would. I think I would. Sean Finn. You would just let him take whoever is brave enough to go in and have him. Yeah, well, you, you you see, you 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 have others you have others in there as well, like um, in 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 defence who are I can I I think Dermot Burns is playing the hurling of his life at the moment. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. And we we spoke about Kyle Hayes, Declan Hannan never lets the side down. I you know we have a very 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 strong defence, and like we were just talking there a few seconds ago about the options that are in the in in defence. I. I, I think I, I you know um I, I think I let Sean Finn pick up whoever comes in on him. Would you go but, uh, that you as, see, uh, the, as I was saying to you off air, Jack, that I I think that Tipperary have three or four um explosive forwards um that should all of them hit top forum on the day. You know, they could ask Limerick see, see, serious questions. And I'm talking about Jason Ford, John McGrath, and Bubbles. Like Bubbles and on his day, like is an absolutely fantastic horror. But it it it, ne it never seems to happen for him that you know that all three will strike and on, on, on one day, and, and a lot of the time, all three don't start. And I suppose it's for that very reason of their their lack of consistency. But if the day will come when 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 Liam Sheedy can get a performance out of those three, along along with the like of Callan and and Dan McCormack, who's on fire at the moment. You know, Tipperary could be a very, very important force. Yeah, you, you, are, you obviously mentioned you obviously mentioned Darren Let's Burns there. Forget, Let's not forget, and I'd finish on, on this point, and, and, and we mentioned it last week. Then the narrative is about Limerick and Galway um being the likely all island contenders. I put Tipperary in there. Yeah, I we did. We did much, mention much Tipperary. Um, Kieran, I I suppose you're probably all happy with the defence. I think Darren Burns, regardless of who goes in, he's going to start right wing back. Kyle will most likely be left wing back. Then you've Sean Finn the corner. On the flip side, Aaron Gillan is a conundrum that Tipperary haven't solved in the last two years. Obviously, yeah. the 2019 final, which we haven't touched on yet, really, and last year in Parky Cueve. They tried, was it, Brendan Maher did a good job on him. He still managed to up the goal and score a good two points. Last year, Ronan Maher was on him, probably Aaron Medhay while the sun was shining in the rain. So what would you do if you were a Tipperary man 
on your own club, Mate Aaron Oh, I, I suppose, come here. I, I'm conscious now. I, I don't want to be giving away any little secrets here, right? But I do know one thing that, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching the game for the last few years and a lot of a lot, of, a lot of defenders in every county, they're playing serious. They're playing extremely safe. You know, the act of anticipation and reading the game. Hi, this is straightforward now. If Damer Burns says the ball and I'm cornerback for Tipperary before he strikes and I'm gone. And if there's something wrong, if cornerbacks can't see that, that's straightforward defending. But, you know, but when you're a defender, you have to take a chance. You have to be able to read the situation. You have to be able to look at five, six, seven, possibly two, four, eight, nine, and you should have a fair idea where the ball is going. If they're under a bit of a pressure and there's a squeeze in them, you should know exactly where the ball is going. But if they have time to deliver it, you should be gone before the ball is striking. And that's what I'm on about anticipation in defence. Now, I suppose I kind of said before the championship this year, Listen, the management are going to have headaches picking the full back and the full forward line. And that's all. And that's how it turned out to be. And and I suppose, let's be fair and honest, you know, Canlon is still a hovering. He's still around. Uh, is he as quick as he was? No. Is he still very clever and very cute? We saw that against Clare with the offload and he was doing he fall on the ground. So I'd be putting I'd be putting a wise head around him and I wouldn't be taking any chances and I wouldn't be giving him any advantages. That's just my own opinion. I'd be putting someone very reliable, very safe, just capable of doing a job on, job on him. Yeah, and I suppose up front in, it's all for duck season. James, this is pretty straightforward. You know, the bottom line is you, you'll be considered if we're going to deliver the goods. And I suppose as a unit against Cork, did the forwards deliver the goods? I think that's pretty obvious. They didn't. You know, Casey did well and Key Lynch did very well. The rest of the four, you know, were kind of, 50 or just below it. So that'll give you an indication that we were still good enough to push on. And the middle of the field, yeah, was a bit of an issue against Cork. They need to stand up and kind of take charge and own the game. And usually if you win an 8-9, you win most games. And defensively, I think it speaks for itself. Although Brian Finn would have been under a bit of pressure with Jack O'Connor in the first 25 minutes. You know, he was a busy little player. But after that, Finn came into his own. Similar to Keane Lynch, after about 25 minutes, came into the zone, then the end of the game. But for the full hour, both sides, Burns and Hayes, rendered the show. Yeah, and you mentioned a few of the lads there, all stars like Tom Morrissey, Grod Hegarty, and Aaron Glam are probably quite the last day. Is that a worry for John Kiley, or is it a bonus? Because you know those boys are going to hit their marks nine times out of ten. Yeah, I wouldn't see it as a bonus. You know, he, he knows those guys inside out. He trusts them to the hill. I, I have no issue with those four guys probably standing up Sunday long. They probably all give a man of the matches players. Yeah, I suppose that can happen for whatever reason or another. But, uh, you know, it shouldn't happen in two games in a row, especially two big games, semi-final and final. So you get an opportunity now to kind of put last week's game or performance under your belt. And there's only one way, James, of doing that. The greatest way of doing that is going out and igniting turtles. Yeah, and Matt, would you go along that uh, same thing that like you can count on these players, even if they're an off day the next day, they'll bounce back better than ever? Absolutely, and I, I suppose the classical case of it is and, and um, is Tom Morrissey. Um, like Tom was taken off in the Munster final last year, and we saw what we saw what he did subsequently in the All Ireland semi final and final. 
And um, you know that, that I, I suppose that's one of the strengths of the of of this Limerick team uh, of this Limerick team, that both as a collective and as as individuals, that they are able to get a poor performance or a below perform uh, performance out of their system. And I suppose it 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 it's it, a lot of it is down to the management and 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 creating the right uh, the right climate for it. They're able to get the these a poor performance out of their system, put it behind them and drive on. And I, I, I'd be quite confident. I wouldn't have the slightest worries whatsoever about um, Gerard Hegarty, Tom Morrissey, Aaron Galan, uh, Seamus Flanagan. Um, they, they, they will bounce back. And it would be very, very unusual were we to see below performances from any of those for a second, for a second game in a row. It, it simply hasn't happened since this group has come together. Yeah, I, I would expect the same from the lads. I suppose just, we, um, as Kieran was mentioning there, we've probably had that Indian sign over Tipperary in, in recent years. Like, do you expect Tipperary to go at a different approach and try something completely new this time around, Kieran, or will they hope for the best and go toe to toe Limerick? Yeah, I, I suppose. And, and, and I saw the last two few games that we played with Tipperary. And I, I remember the one inside the Gaelic grounds, you know, and it was the first, the first of the Hydens, if you want to call it that. And I can remember, I can remember looking down at uh, Liam Sheedy and Tommy Dunn at the time. You know, it's about three years ago. They were just outside of stunned. They were puzzled and confused. They didn't know what was happening. And that was at the stage where Limerick were bringing their their own style and implementing it on the field. And, and to be fair, Tipperary weren't the only okay. team to figure out what was going on. So... As I said, I'm not convinced yet that they've even rectified that. And I'll even go back. I'll even go back to uh, a league game this year. You know, their half-back line and corner forward and corner backs when they had it. You know, they were just ballooning balls into their forward line. And nearly every ball they were hitting was 2-1 to one or sometimes 3-1. to one. And if you're doing that, you're going to be inviting the opposition on all the time. So... I, I don't know really what to, to, to answer the question. I don't know because, you know, I, and I'm looking at the Tipperary management and they're probably doing something different this year themselves individually that they didn't usually do. So I'm, I'm a bit puzzled really what they're going to come with. I don't see it any major issue what they come with. Uh, the big one is really that that we, can, we continue to implement, take authority over the game and uh, stick to the process that we have been sticking to to the last number of years. And whatever is new that they're trying to bring to it, that they obviously are disciplined enough and sticking to that. And I suppose, yeah, now that I mentioned discipline, I think that would be an area in our mind where, where we need to be very careful. Probably Sunday, because, you know, Tip could go down that road. There's a possibility. Not saying they might, but they could with this dragon and tearing and the yellow card, black card, they see all of a sudden red card. You don't know, but I suppose this discipline is going to be massive. It's usually massive in every, in every game, but obviously in the modern game, in the Munster final, we, they need to be extremely mindful. Obviously, discipline in implementing the game, number one, and discipline in not in getting involved with the opposition. Potential question, J James, I don't really know what they're going to come with. I think we have a fair idea what Tipperary are going to come with at this stage. And Matt, there are just two points there. Do you think Tipperary will try anything? And just on discipline, as Kieran said, if Limerick give away free, Jason Ford will score it. He will. He will. He'll score. He'll score him for. He'll, he'll score him for fun. But 
we saw the way in, in the first couple of games, the way that Limerick had 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 difficulty in adjusting to the to the tweak in the rules and how quickly they, they came to terms with it. And I I think uh, if if there's one thing that John Kiley will have learned from the semi-final, it will be as Kieran touched it, it will be on the discipline issue. And he will want to ensure now he he, he has had first hand experience of disciplined issues in both semi-finals. We had we had the, the sending of the sin binning of Peter Casey for, for, for 10 minutes. And, you know, the importance of discipline was further crystallized for him with, with, with the incident with Aidan McCarthy and the, the subsequent ruthless way that Tipperary went about it. Yeah. I, I have no doubt that that is something that John Kelly and his management team will have been focusing in on for the last two weeks. And um, I, I'd be I'd be quite confident. But it, it, in, in that regard, but it is an approach that Tip may take, you know, to ruffle up Limerick a bit and and probably draw him in and you know in in into in, in discipline. But I think I think um, I think Limerick will be well ready for it. I, I expect Limerick will be well ready for it. And and listening to to John Kiley's interview last night, I, I I suspect that they have focused in on that aspect of the game, um, because um, he, all right, Cork didn't take great advantage of when we were down to 14 players. Um, but certainly, um, uh, you know, even immediately after the Cork game, John Kiley was spoke, spoke about how how we um, how Limerick coped with it and 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 coped with it very 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 quickly. Um, but there is a more, far more ruthless streak in, in in Tipperary, I think, than there would be in Cork. And and um, I, I I I think it's something that we won't see a repeat of. Yeah, and just before we get into yeah. predictions, I'll just give on one more for you. Um, Limerick obviously are going for a first three in a row since the 1930s. Is that something that will be on the mind of the players, or can they just look at this as another game? No, it won't. Hi, listen, I didn't even know that. Was, I didn't even know that was a fact myself. So come here. That'll tell you where the focus with the players is. Yeah. No, listen. Along their journey, if they so happened to be making a bit of history or breaking a few records, so be it. But they see this now as another Munster final Sunday. Obviously, they'll see it as a bit of a derby, Tipperary. Uh, so you know, it's the it'll be the furthest thing in their mind. And 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 James and and I suppose the enormity of what they're doing, what they've done, what they're doing, what they will do. I suppose really they won't really get to fatten and really enjoy that to the fullness. I suppose, when they have the slippers on and, and the hurley in the attic, right? Because they're in the middle of it. Of course, you soak it up and you enjoy it. But if you're going to get the full benefit and the full enormity about what's really happening, that's going to take a bit of time. So, you know, 1913, 35 and 40, is that going to be in their head? Sunday going out against Waterford? Certainly not. Will it be mentioned afterwards? Possibility you will. Yeah, and just so on the game this Sunday, you've obviously spoke great lengths about the, the confidence you have in Limerick. Just to batten down that on your prediction for Sunday. Myself? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna keep it nice and simple, James, as I usually do. You know, you know, I see nothing nothing but a Limerick win. Uh I wouldn't un underestimate Tipperary, that's fine, but we've a fair idea what they're at. And so I would say business as usual. And not only business as usual, you know, Sunday can be an opportunity also. You know, and, and they'll sense this during the game. This team will sense it like. 
you know, and if there's a marker to be set down Sunday in the middle of all of that, by God and well and truly set that as well for the All-Ireland Series. And Matt, I put that question to you, a prediction, are you following the same line as Kiran? I am, I am, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Limerick, maybe not as clear cut as Kiran. Um, I, I, I think it, it, it could be close enough. Um, there's no doubt at all about it. Tipperary are wounded, and and they're smarting from the last two defeats by Limerick, and 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 and, and the size of the last two defeats. But um, you know, I find it very, very difficult to see beyond Limerick because, all right, we were talking about um, the, the below par performance. I reckon at best. In the semi-final against Cork, that they hit possibly seventy percent of what is that through forum, maybe, maybe even slightly less. I see you, you, you'll see a measurable improvement. <coughs> Both sides need to improve from their semi-final performance. I see greater scope for Limerick to improve because I, I, I know it's in them. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Limerick, um, but I, I, I respect, I, I, I respect Tipperary. Yeah, well, I, I would be kind of a small bit fearful of tip, but I'm going to make it three from three uh, for Limerick wins this week. That's 40 minutes on the clock for us. That's plenty of time to be listening to us. Matt, a huge thanks as always. And Kieran, um, a huge thank you to you as well for joining us. And best of luck to Limerick this weekend. Okay, gentlemen. Thanks very thanks, much. Jack. Enjoy the game. Impression the game. We get all the what you put in. It's like a walk alive. If you're good enough, go and get it. No more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, wow. Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the Saturday game. Let me go out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for any 